Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Welcome to another episode of the Sales IQ Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, I'm pumped, honored, and excited to bring you this episode. Now, this week, we're joined by Sarah Davidson, who is an incredible female entrepreneur who has done an amazing job building her podcast that's had millions of downloads, and she's interviewed some incredible, incredible people. Also, she's done an amazing job building her business, her startup business, to where it is today. And I'm really excited about this particular episode because with everything going on right now, you know, mindset and how we prepare ourselves and how we look at the silver lining is key in making sure we can be the very best we can be. So I'm really excited to bring you this episode with Sarah. Now, as always, please continue to like, rate, and engage with me across LinkedIn and tell me what you're loving about these podcasts and also keep sending the messages about the types of episodes and the types of content you would like us to share with you. So before we get into it, we have a message from our sponsors, Vanilla Sauce. So guys, for all of you out there, for most sales professionals, we are all using a CRM. You know, CRM was designed for managing relationships. However, sales engagement is designed for starting them. Now, current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. Vanilla Soft is a sales engagement platform like no other. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. So guys, if you're using another sales engagement platform, stop right now and head over to VanillaSoft.com. Get yourself a free trial because it will help you close more deals. It will help you have more conversations so you can get more opportunities in your pipeline and close more deals. So thank you to the team at VanillaSoft for bringing you this podcast on how to close more deals. So guys, would love to connect and hope you enjoy this incredible podcast. Super pumped. I have the famous Sarah Davidson on the uh, Sales IQ podcast. So <gasps> thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I don't know about famous. I just said before <laughs> to you that I reckon I'm like, I may be gone from like a Z grade to like, I don't know, maybe like a K grade, but uh, I, don't know, I don't know about famous. <laughs> a Z grade. Well, look, for um, our listeners who might not know who you are, and we've got a, a few listeners globally now, which is pretty cool. Um, and I know that your podcast is getting thousands, you know, in the millions of downloads now. So it's, that's insanely uh, awesome. Um, we'd love to learn a bit, a bit more about you and how you started it in the world of, you know, startups and business and entrepreneurship. For sure. It was a really happy accident, actually. And I think that's what's made me so passionate about talking about it so much is that I feel like I was, I started off as a corporate mergers and acquisitions lawyer on a very conventional pathway, you know, very caught up in kind of what I call the productivity hamster wheel of just glorifying being busy and never really stopping to think, do I want to be here? I, I just thought it's a good job. It's objectively, you know, 
successful. I'm just going to keep doing it. Uh, and I, and it was because I really didn't know what else I wanted to do. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, now one of the biggest things I, I talk about often is that people won't make a change unless they're actively unhappy. But if you're just blah and you're just okay, that's a real danger zone because yeah. that's where you just keep coasting along and don't ask anything else. So I was definitely on that trajectory. I didn't hate what I was doing. I learned so much. It was the best place I could have started my career. Uh, and I got to travel and I, I got to do all, all kinds of things. But it definitely didn't leave enough room for my creative side, which is equally as dominant as the nerdy side. Yeah. And it was only uh, we went to Africa for a charitable expedition, had an incredible, incredible time. I brought home a gut parasite and it ended up with me completely ignoring all the signs. I had no, you know, we talked about wellness before. I had very, very little understanding of my body back then. Went straight back to work, lost 15 kilos, didn't notice, and I collapsed with adrenal fatigue. And it was only through, you know, people say rock bottom makes the strongest foundations for any journey. And it was only through hitting complete exhaustion and depletion that, Firstly, I slowed down for the first time in my life and realised I've been on this conveyor belt without ever really actively choosing. And then secondly, that there was this whole side of myself that had started to be stifled by the job that I was doing. Yeah. But then I was sort of like, well, what would I do instead? (laughs) And it was only because I got banned from coffee because I was so, you know, fragile and I would have a panic attack because my body couldn't deal with the caffeine that I was like, I mean, I drink 10 cups a day. Like, how am I going to do lawyer hours without coffee? And I can't do drugs because I'm a lawyer. So, like, what am I going to (laughs) do? And it ended up I got sent to Hong Kong with our firm. Uh, The headquarters are in Hong Kong. And over there, matcha green tea is everywhere. It's been around centuries. It's not the buzzword that it is in the West. And I got hooked on the fact that it's a healthier form of caffeination. You still get a good buzz, but it slow releases into your bloodstream. So if you're caffeine sensitive or like I was quite unwell, you don't get the crash and the burn. You just get sustained energy Uh, and it's a powder. So it's super versatile. Got hooked. Nick came over, who's my husband now, but was my partner. He got hooked came home to Australia and the health food market was booming. Everyone was drinking green smoothies. People would tolerate spirulina, which tastes like foot. (laughs) But matcha wasn't anywhere. And we just were like, what, what, why? Like it's exactly what everyone wants. It ticks all the boxes, antioxidants, anti-aging, immunity, metabolism. Why hasn't anyone made this cool? And so our first venture into e-commerce and, and product and FMCG together was a total hobby slash creative project that never was really meant to be a business. It was much more for for me, it was resume padding because I thought if I yeah. sell one bag, I can put it on LinkedIn that I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> but Nick, I think he was just like, wow, you're really losing your sparkle in law. Maybe you need something just for fun and we and we could do something together. But it turned out that a lot of other people had found that gap. No one else had really been willing to close it, but they were waiting for someone else to. And when we launched to what we thought would be our friends and family, we sold out in a week. Wow. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah, fantastic. What a story. And then, so you took, you know, traditional, well, that's what entrepreneurship's all about, right? You found a problem and then you found a solution to fill a gap in the market. And, and you know, 
So by accident, very <laughs> selfishly, it was such a selfish like I want this product. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to, and this is really important. I know, um, and one of the things you know, obviously, right now with everything going on in the world. There's not, you know, so many people are faced with that point of, well, I'm either forcing, you know, I've been forced to slow down, um, working from home, reduced hours, you know, unfortunately, some people have lost their jobs. Mm. And I think, you know, when I talk to a lot of people, um, and I think you might find this yourself, is you, you talk about that conveyor belt. So many people do get stuck on that corporate conveyor belt, and they're just going, and they're not really enjoying the journey. And I think, you know, we'd love to know from your perspective, because you made a change from a you know, highly successful career in a, in a path which was you knew there was some confirmed outcomes that you could achieve, right? There was income, moving into a business. You know, for anyone that's thinking right now with everything going on, it's time to make that leap. It's time to finally take that passion project or that thought or idea and turn it into reality. What advice could you give them that would help motivate them to take action? That's a great question. And it's it's such a hard one, particularly at a time like now where you might be sort of forced into that situation mm. more than actively choosing to be there. But I really do believe that, it, it, like we said before, out of adversity and challenge and rock bottom is yeah. comes the greatest beginnings. And sometimes... Um, great, wonderful new beginnings are disguised as painful endings uh, that often bring up a lot of challenge and discomfort. But that's really just a sign that you're doing something new and exciting and worthy. Uh, and I, I would just say, if not now, when? Really, you know, doubt is one of the things that is probably going to come up anytime you're making a big step out of the comfort zone or a big step towards something that you never thought, you know, a pathway yeah. you never had considered walking away from a pathway I'd spent seven years preparing for and thinking I'd be there for, mm. you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I think doubt and everything in your head can either make it or break it. It's so much less about whether or not you can actually do the thing. It's so much more about whether you believe you can do the thing or not. So I think getting your head right and making sure you're surrounded by the right people, that you are aware that you're going to fall into patterns of negative self-talk, yep. that doubt, uncertainty, fear, risk, all of that kind of stuff is the perfect recipe to convince you otherwise, yep. like not to take a, a big jump. And But right now, if you've lost your job or if you have, you know, reduced your work, why why not? Yeah. When is there you've got you've got much less to lose right now than you did before. Everyone is being given this tragic but also the silver lining is a fortunate period to stop and reassess and reevaluate and edit your life in a way that we've never had that time before. You might create it yourself, but no one's ever given it to us like this before. There is no more perfect time for you to stop and think Am I just coasting? Am I just doing what I think is the next best thing and existing rather than living? And I always remind myself, we're not here to just work and die. That is literally not the purpose of this life. If you're not having some level of enjoyment or purpose or fulfillment, then you're missing out on so much more that you're capable of. But so many of us don't ever let ourselves discover just what we're capable of. So I would say take the leap. Yeah. You will be so surprised what you're capable of if you just allow yourself to do it. Um, surround yourself with people who, when you're hovering on the balance of this is, you know, the whole 
the whole life of an entrepreneur is a roller coaster between yeah. I'm awesome, I'm shit, I'm awesome, I'm shit. When you're like teetering on the balance of I should do it, I shouldn't, I should, I shouldn't. Make sure you're around people who are going to remind you that you're capable and you should, uh, and realize there's not a lot of risk right now. You've got mm. time, you've got a chance to explore things that you've always put on the back burner. Why not do it now while you have this extra extra time and see what happens? Yeah. I love that. I mean, I got completely lost in what you were saying just then. Um, <laughs> I could just, I just did. I mean, the hairs on the back of my neck started standing up because you're right. It's, you know, life is short. Um, we get one shot and, you know, why should we just work to die? There's so much more that we should be able to accomplish. And even if it's not, you know, I think you said something to me before the podcast started, you know, comparing yourself to others. We're all in our own journey. You know, mm. some have kids, some don't. Um, you know, some people have a massive business, some don't. But I think what you're saying in what, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, the only thing stopping us from taking action is ourselves. And if there's no better time than now to take that action. So I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Oh, you're welcome. I also think I would add to that that you might find when you do get a period like this to stop and edit your life, that you are actually happy with where you are. Yeah. You might decide you don't need a change and that's also fine. Yeah. I often say, you know, people think that because I found happiness in leaving corporate that I'm telling them to do that. I'm yeah. absolutely not because some people thrive absolutely. in a corporate context. Yeah. I think the, the bigger message is just make sure that you're actively deciding that mm. you're not just there by default i kind of call it the autopilot circuit just yeah. make sure you've you've interrupted it and even if you go back to where you were that becomes a choice that's because you want to be there yeah i think it's just more that you make sure you've stopped to think about it and comparison does lead us to think that certain life paths or certain structures or jobs or choices are better than others but if you enjoy your choice who cares what anyone else thinks yeah. about it some people close businesses because they don't like the entrepreneur life and they go back to their job because that makes them happy that's no worse or better yeah. than someone who does the opposite you know it's you all you need to focus on is your day-to-day -day and how you feel in that day-to-day -day life yeah and i you know what i think Again, that's an incredible summary. And I mean, I've spoke, you know, I've got a, a couple of mates who are brilliant at what they do. They're executive general managers of some pretty big businesses and they don't want to run a business. They like the fact it's somebody else's money. They don't have mm -hmm. to worry about, you know, where is, you know, there obviously some stresses in their role. They're managing big budgets, but it's not their cash. And there is an element of comfort knowing that they're getting paid every single month. And I think for anyone that's on that entrepreneurial journey knows sometimes you don't know where next week's paycheck's coming from and it can be mm -hmm. very stressful mm -hmm. i know personally in my life having been on this journey and i don't call myself an entrepreneur because i i i call myself a sales guy um i sell i teach people how to sell i love it i love marketing um i haven't necessarily seen myself as a traditional entrepreneur but i know there's been some weeks because i've got kids i'm going my pipeline's a bit slow <laughs> You know, there's cash flows looking pretty poor next month um, and it can create a whole, you know, raft of, of concern and anxiety. Um, and sometimes it can be positive anxiety that it makes you, you know, sort of go out and, and take action. And sometimes it can be a little bit debilitating mm. where it makes you sort of go, holy fuck, what am I going to do if things don't go the plan next week? 
Um, Absolutely. I think that's such an important point to remember that it often the entrepreneurial life looks very glamorous from the outside <laughs> because the flexibility it allows yep. you. It, it often looks like we're all over the place all the time, working from wherever we want. And But some people really don't function well without structure and yep. boundaries and certainty to the point where I've had friends who went out on their own, were so distracted from their actual talent by having to do all the budgeting and the books and all that yep. stuff, they actually, it, they ruined their ability to do good work. And when they went back within the structure of a company where someone else takes care of all that stuff, yep. they thrive because 90% of their job is their skill and their talent. Whereas for, for us, this much is your yeah. skill and your talent. <laughs> this much is supporting the skill and the talent. <laughs> But yeah. it's just a matter of your personality and your skills and your lifestyle choices. And I, I honestly think of all the things I've learned recently, especially having seen myself in both contexts and seen other people in both contexts, is above all, just know yourself and then listen to it. Yeah. Put everyone else's anecdotes and stuff to the side because at the end of the day, it's you who has to deal with the results of your decisions. Yeah, that's such a cool. That's again, awesome piece of advice. And you know, one thing that again, if I if you look back now, um, were, were there some real challenges? And we talk about the roller coaster um, mm. in building your, you know, moving from corporate, building your businesses. Um, you know, was there a time when you thought this ain't going to work? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I think. I mean, once a day, I probably have. <laughs> I feel, you know, that pit in. Your stomach just drops and it clenches and you're just like, what am I doing? Like yeah. I've walked away from a wage. I've walked away from a future. I've walked away from maternity leave. Like all these things that you just don't think about. I suddenly was like, I don't get sick days. I don't mm. have any certainty around. I don't yeah. have super. I can't get a credit card. Like so many things change that I think the momentum really keeps you going for the first few years. But then you realize, oh, my God, like I've, I've made this choice and it's very easy talking about managing your mind and managing your thinking. There's so much negative self-talk for all of us anyway, mm. let alone on a bad day in a business where you've put, you've risked everything to choose that business. So if it's not going well, that's your whole identity now. Yeah. And so if one tiny mistake happens, I would totally fall off the bandwagon and just spiral and be like, oh, well, I've totally screwed it. Like I'm, I'm screwed. This is, it's over. Yeah. Like this is complete. I've just quit now. Like I'm going back to law. You know, I, I reckon part, the biggest yeah. challenge in, in starting your own thing is getting a grip on yourself and yeah. not spiraling every time something doesn't go your way. Cause I think you're a little bit protected from the undulations mm. of the market or of, you know, your workflow or your pipeline, as you mentioned, when you're in a, a job, because your salary comes no matter what. Whereas suddenly, like you do, you go for weeks where you're like, I can't take a wage yeah. this week. And then at the end of those, you know, when you've been a few weeks in, you're sort of like, well, what am I doing this for then if I can't take a wage? Like, what's the <laughs> point? So, so do you go through that? Are you still have those sort of self, is that conversation with yourself happening on some occasions now? Absolutely. Yeah. I think. Okay. So I'm not alone. No, 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 no. <laughs> and this is, I talk about it so much because people okay. assume that. Yeah that people are immune to it or become immune to it. And I and definitely the dialogue's changed. It's not the same as it was. Yeah. Like at the beginning, so many of my fears were around it collapsing altogether. Now it's been yeah. five years. I probably don't think it's going to collapse altogether overnight. So the fears are a little bit different, but they're always there. And mm. 
one again, one of the things I've learned is self-doubt is not going to go away. I, and I actually don't want it to because I think it's a sign you're not complacent. It's a sign that you mm. care about the outcome. And if I ever was too comfortable, I'd be like, I, I, need, a, I need a new challenge. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to learn how to not let it dictate your decisions because most of the time it's wrong. It's just a self-protection mechanism to make you think, oh, yeah. I'm going to fail, so I might as well stop now. More what I've learned to do is just channel it and go, okay, I mean, you're trying to protect me. Uh, you're showing me that I, I care and I'm invested. Um, the thoughts now might be something like, uh, you know, it'll never grow further. Like I've wasted yeah. five years of my life getting it to this stage or, you know, I'm not worthy because I made a big mistake financially and it cost us whatever. But yeah. There's always some kind of negative self-talk, but you just sit with it and you're like, this is part of the process. It's just my head talking and as the same way the negative self-talk can come in, I can push it back with positive self-talk and just focus on that. Yeah. See, that's awesome. And I think I, I really like what you're talking about because I think, you know, in the positive, we're at today with all the social connectivity that can happen, you know, like working from home now wouldn't have been able to happen like it has if we didn't have the likes of Zoom and Teams and all these things that enable us, right? Mm -hmm. These are enablers to, to continue to, to work. I think that, you know, for, and this, this is just my perspective, you know, some people will look at, you know, look, if you look at your journey, it's been awesome, you know, seize the A, the podcast, it goes nuts, you get celebrities, your Instagram page is, you know, blowing up, right? Um, some people would see that and go, well, it's all rosy. Oh. <laughs> right? Like, life looks great. I want that life. Why isn't my life like that? You know, I'm putting in 15 hours, 18 hours a day, grinding out. Um, I'm putting out content, not getting any engagement. But that person over there, it's just going gold. And it can create a, it can create a bit of a, um, it, it can be a, a negative if you're the person watching that. And that's why you talk about not comparing. But, you know, talk to us a bit about why sometimes what's out there in social isn't actually a reality of what's happening in the world? Oh, I mean, it's probably the biggest challenge that most of us in this generation will face is that yeah. constant ability to see what everyone else's lives are like. Never before has it been so visible. We've never watched such detail of other people's lives yeah. constantly. And not only that, of course, it's the highlight reel. It's human nature, not because we're narcissistic and deceptive but also because you don't feel like taking a photo when you feel shit it's yeah. just a, you know it's yeah, just natural right. it's not uh, you know in in some people's cases in the minority of cases people are being you know um, they're curating their life and then trying to hide the bad bits but most of the time it's just because the bad bits aren't when you feel like documenting yeah. what you're doing so by nature unless it's your blooper you've got a really good blooper unless um, it's unless yeah, it's like my it, bloopers, I like bloopers. <laughs> but i think that whole movement of you know in my case it's bloopers uh showing you know in two seconds how my body can change from like abs to bloated like i'm pregnant <laughs> and you know shit or it's sharing in a photo shoot how if you catch my face like on one angle when i'm moving it'll be like uh, you know i think other versions, uh, you know, everyone has a lot of people out on Instagram have their own versions now. I think that's emerging because we've all realized that even without meaning to deceive people, only posting those highlights does make everyone feel crap. It does mm. make everyone think that in between there's no down moments, there's no yep. anxiety, there's no self-confidence crises, there's no 
family issues. There's no, like, whatever it is, we all have shit. And so I think more and more people are starting to share bits of it and make an effort to push through the fact that you don't feel like taking a photo on those days to show that you're missing out on all the stuff behind the scenes. And sometimes it's because that's private. Like, there's also a, a, a privacy thing there. So... I think the most important thing when you're on the scrolling end and you're just mindlessly looking at social media, it's to always keep in mind that you're only seeing the highlight reel. So you can't compare. There's a quote out there, don't compare your lowlights to someone else's highlight reel because that's all you're doing is going, Mm. well, I'm shit right now, so why aren't they shit? They are shit. (laughs) They're just not showing that moment because why would they? So... I think also we all have triggers and we all know certain things do make us feel, you know, a little bit more unsettled than others. Just don't follow those people. You know, it's like the same as your friendships. You don't follow around a person that you don't like and Mm. follow physically follow them around in their life and watch what they're doing. You would, it's so logical for you to be like, I wouldn't waste my time because I don't care about them. On Instagram, we don't do that. We're like, I'm going to follow you around anyway, even though I don't care about you (laughs) and watch everything you do. Like, it's so weird. Just curate your digital world the same way you would your physical world. See, that's really interesting, right? And I I love that. Curate your digital world like you would in the normal world, right? That's really – and something you said earlier about, you know, going through and you've created – you've got your like, and you didn't say it in these words, but you've got people that you've surrounded yourself with really positive people. And one of the things that I love um, about watching and have watched from your journey, you have got some cool people around you. Um, you know, like Lisa Messenger. I mean, I love her. Like, I've got her books. My daughter's got her books. Um, I've been a big, big fan of, you know, the Joe Burstons um, and for any of our international listeners, I'm a big fan of the female movement. Because for me, my daughter's, you know, 17, turning 18 this year. And I want to help her. I want to inspire her to be the best she can be. Mm. And I want people like you, like Joe Burston, like, you know, um, Spank, Sarah from Spanx. And, there are, you know, there are so many females that are helping others thrive to be the best they can be. And I've watched that in you in that you're trying to, you know, with your movement, it's all about that driving people to, and inspiring them to be the best they can um, you know, was that something consciously that you set out to say, right, I need a network of people to help elevate me and to help, you know, pull me up when I need pulling up or give me that positive vibe or did that just happen naturally? I think it was a little bit of both. I think yeah. as I moved out of law and into a world where I had no background or connections or network to kind of fall back on, that transition in itself showed me that, at, you know, uh, there's an African proverb which I always refer to that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. And I think it really takes a village to raise any project, business baby, whatever it is. And those people will make or break whether or not you get there. No one, even Beyonce, doesn't have a team behind them. It, it can look like there's one protagonist in a story, but there's always a million yeah. people that have helped them get there. And... I think I realized very quickly that my corporate friends, this wasn't even me trying to distance themselves from myself from negative people. This was just me distancing from people who didn't actually have the skill set or the knowledge or the insider understanding to help me in this world because they just, it was so foreign. I realized very quickly that at different chapters in your life, you're going to need a new village that suits yeah. the goals, the vision, 
the, the direction you want to take yourself in. And my corporate friends were very risk averse. They were trained to be, to think in a mm. way that's very safe, very certain. They weren't going to help me break down those barriers that I also had trained myself into thinking because that's not their world. So I very quickly was like, well, it makes sense that I'm going to need to be around people who believe or who have already done what I think is impossible so that I am encouraged to also think that. Um, yeah. And so slowly, slowly I, I started to reach out and, and try and make new networks and connections that were very like-minded in where I wanted to end up. And that was so positive in the beginning of people being like, oh, screw risk, like you'll be fine. You know, them, yeah. their words of encouragement, I can remember key conversations that really helped tip me over the edge at the right moment. As time went on, I realized, oh, well, that had such a big impact. This can only be the right thing to continue building out positive networks. And when you have a moment where someone tips you the wrong way, you also learn from that, that, yeah. well, that's not the right person for that situation. They, they can still be a good mm. friend, but you just don't go to them for those those yeah. moments or for those questions. Um, so I think, and even looking back in law, even then I only got the opportunities that I got and learnt the things that I learnt because I had great people who suited my life then. My village then was really well tailored. So I think overall I slowly could see how important it is to have a network around you because we are in our own heads and who's going to, yeah. you need someone objective to get you out of that internal dialogue and give you some somewhere to bounce off oh that's awesome i love that you know at different times of your life you need a different village you know again i'm getting lost in this podcast <laughs> you know just <laughs> it's making me really stop and think about stuff right now so thanks so much oh thank um, you yeah. you're sparking you're provoking all the thinking <laughs> i mean in your so in your career like you've now come to a point your podcast is it's incredible. It's, you're creating a movement. And I know that you've got a book coming up. I sure um, do. How, how far is that? How far along until the book's released? Uh, so it's pretty much in the final, final edit. So it's almost yep. done. Uh, the official release date is September 1st, but I think pre-sale right. will be months in advance. So maybe even within this month. Okay, so we'll make sure we get some of that detail so we can promote the book oh, and thank you. put the pre-sale out there. But So you've gone from corporate world, um, your first, when was your first speaking event? Three years ago? Three? Four. You did your first, four years ago, your first corporate, you know, public speaking event, you know, to now podcast host, you've got an incredible brand, you know, multiple businesses, um, you know, f it, during that journey, What's been one of the best lessons that you've learned that if you were to do it all again, that would be one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Oh, man, how do I choose one? <laughs> oh, can I have two? Two, yeah. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> well, one is on the more uh, not actually the journey so much but more managing yourself through the journey and, and the biggest mm. You know, I often get asked, what's your biggest failure? And I very much believe that you win or you learn. There's not really failure. Mm. I mean, there's there's failure. Of course, there are setbacks. Yeah. But generally, that failure will present a learning opportunity so you can pivot yourself straight back out. But if there is a definite failure, I would have to say would be my management of myself, my ability to pace myself. When I love yeah. something, I go at it. I mean, we're just talking about this. I go at it 1 million percent. 
And I burn myself out to the point where I'm at 0%. And I always come back to thinking if I just could get my head around Mm. going 85%, I could last the distance. I wouldn't just keep this crash and burn kind of cycle. So I think the biggest lesson I would pass on to someone from that whole transition and period is you can have too much of a good thing and there's absolutely no point smashing yourself into burnout when it wipes you out altogether. If you're so passionate yeah. about what you do that you don't want to take a break, you're going to end up having to take a very long break yeah. if you get chronic fatigue or something. So just mm. chill a little bit. Like nothing is urgent unless you're a heart surgeon or a paramedic mm. or a fireman. There are very few jobs, particularly in the entrepreneurial world. Things are urgent financially or they're urgent for your customer, but in like real world life-threatening urgency, not many things can't wait till tomorrow. Mm. So I think learning where that fine balance is between going really hard and working hard, but also not overdoing it so you wipe yourself out completely, that's the most crucial lesson. Yeah, Um, that's so awesome. I like that, yeah. And the other one is more about the journey itself and, and that's you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. And I love knowing the whole staircase. Like I love certainty and having clear vision, knowing each bit. But as soon as I stepped into Matcha Maiden, that started this whole journey. But at no stage until just before the next step did I know there was another step. Yeah. I, I couldn't have planned it this way. And if I had planned something really strictly and stuck to it, I might have prevented myself from ever knowing what else could happen. So Mm. I think we get really attached to certain outcomes, but we really need to stay open-minded to the fact that better different ones could be out there for us. Being flexible and adaptable uh, has allowed all these changes and movements and developments into other businesses. Whereas if I just thought, okay, match made into my whole staircase, I would never investigate Mm. anything else. So I think be flexible. So that's that abundance mindset, right? Because I've, I've found myself and um, in the last, I don't know, two months especially, there's been some days where I've been super negative. Mm. And I've found like, it's like, like the laws of attraction, right? I'm like, I'm looking at things and going, well, the opportunities are only this much. I can fit them in my hand. But then there's other days and I know, you know, when I've achieved incredible things in my career, it's been when I've had just a complete abundance mindset going, it's okay if what's in my hand falls out Mm. because there's another 10 20 30 50 big rocks around me that i can pick up and i can run with um and so i think i love what you're saying there it's to say don't be so fixed on the staircase on that one rock it's think about there are so many other opportunities out there and we've just got to approach it with that what's possible mindset so i really appreciate you sharing that with me and (laughs) so just to ask um in your career so far and i say this so far Biggest influence and why? Ooh, great question. Uh, I think at the start I really liked the romance and simplicity of having one mentor, like one person. But I realised it doesn't work like that purely because (laughs) no one has time to be your sole mentor for everything. Yeah. Uh, And so it's I've always been a lot more... uh, drawing on a whole network of people for different things in different areas. But I think overall Nick would be the person who's had the biggest influence on me because he's the complete opposite of me in terms of career. He's always run businesses. He's 
so risk averse, so not risk averse. Yeah. Uh, his appetite for risk is so broad that almost he's too far the other way. Like he just kind of does things. <laughs> uh, and it was really him having showed that you can survive not having a stable wage and you can go with your talents and your dreams and be spontaneous and it still can work out. Yeah. That exposure is what really made it not so scary and not so foreign to me. When I did end up making the jump, I was like, I've seen this happen. Like it's not impossible. Whereas if I'd only known lawyers, I would have never believed that you could do it. And his guidance and uh, patience while I unlearnt all of those risk averse ways of thinking really helped me realize they don't serve you in this world. They might in other in other careers, but in what we do now, you need mm. to embrace change. You don't know where you're going to be next year because the world isn't going to be the same next year. Everything is moving so quickly that yeah. he's yeah he's been really influential in changing my whole attitude to not just career decisions, but now life decisions because I was way too rigid and fixed and certain, yeah. uh, and that's helped me obviously in every area of life. That's great because then for anyone that doesn't know, Nick's your husband, he's your business partner and your friend. I see, you know, some of the posts you put out there. I'm like, man, it makes me jealous. So uh, Sometimes. I mean, (laughs) talk about highlights. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, Sarah, you know, I could keep talking to you for hours. Um, I just want to say, like, I think, and and I've said this to you a couple of times, um, I love the movement that you're creating. Um, I love the tribe of people that you're helping lead and, you know, creating um, inspiration for so many people to be the best they can be. So, and, and one of those people is me. So you've inspired me. Um, you know, I, I love your, your content. I think today you've inspired me again. It's come at the right time because, you know, I'm no strange. I, I, I tell people how I feel. And it's been a real bumpy ride these last couple of months because I'm completely out of my routine. I'm a creature of habit. I love mm. certain time up, certain training, traveling, jumping on a plane, and that whole that whole it's like it's gone. Mm. Um, so I think today you've you've again you've inspired me. So I want to say thank you for the contribution you're making to entrepreneurs, to businesses, to people that want to be, you know, um, have a growth mindset. And I can't wait for your book. So thanks so much for coming on the Sales IQ podcast. Thank you so much for having me. 